Right, so before we get started, as we were recording our podcast, particularly the second one, you'll hear it as it happens in that podcast, uh, we were given the very sad news that John Madden has sadly passed away at the age of 85, Hall of Famer, Super Bowl winner, commentary ex commentator extraordinaire, just one of the true greats, potentially on the Mount Rushmore of NFL faces, a uh, reason that a lot of us got into it, uh, and just wanted to talk just quickly with Josh and Simon about uh, what he meant to the sport and what he meant to us. It's uh, a very, very sad news, obviously, but um, but he really was just like, particularly in this country, we, we were brought into the sport, a lot of us were at least, by Madden. So I'm assuming you played some Madden, Josh? Yeah, that's kind of where I got into it. Yeah. One of my mates was an NFL fan. Yeah over at his house, he started playing Madden and then my whole thing grew from there. Um, I, I guess, being that I'm a bit younger, I think, I don't really, I don't, it was way before my time in terms of coaching. It was even before my time mostly commentating. I don't even remember him really doing Monday Night Football at all. I don't remember him commentating. It all came from his kind of after football persona, I guess. And then especially the games kind of where I started yeah. getting into this sport um, but it's also it's the way other people talk about him I think that did grow up in that era and did know about him you can kind of link it to people of this era and it's just a different yeah. you just understand the gravity of the man and the yeah. gravity of the persona as well and he created one of the I know Simon's not a fan of the branding of the rival Bay team or ex-Bay team I guess yeah. but it was obviously a big part of creating one of the most iconic brands in the league. Yeah. And that's a big part of the sports growth. I think it markets itself in such a good way. And I think he was probably one of the pioneers of that era of changing the way the sports viewed commercially as well. Yeah. One of the stories, there's a great documentary on video games on Netflix, a series of them. Uh, and one of the episodes is on the rise of the Mega Drive. And one of the things the Mega Drive had going for it was uh, the Madden games. And they were unsure about who they wanted to represent the games. And then one of them got a train journey with uh, Madden for, across the country. And they spent the whole time discussing what they'd want to put in the game, how they'd want to execute the game, how they'd make it different from, from um, like Tecmo Bowl. And one of the things he insisted on was it would be 11 on 11. It would be a proper simulator, basically, like an NFL simulator. So Madden had such an input. John Madden had such an input in his namesake's games. And they are such a massive part of following the NFL now. Uh, I don't think that can be understated. On top of obviously winning a Super Bowl. On top of being considered one of the greater head coaches in the league ever as well. Just a true great. Right, so? Yeah. And, and there isn't really many people in any sport that cover three generations, yeah. but in three different guises. You know, there, there are people in sport that are around for a long time and are very good at what they do for a long time in mm. American football and, and every other arena. But Madden covered off coaching, commentating and as you say there, you know, video game as having huge input in all three, yeah. you know, for, for my generation, 
and for a lot of UK football fans of our our kind of age, he was the voice of football. Him and, mm. and Pat Summerall co- covering American football is the soundtrack to our news of falling in love with the sport. And he's a huge reason for falling in love with the sport. Yeah. You know, Pat Summerall was a fantastic commentator. John Madden was, and probably forever will be the best color commentator. You know, nobody, the Telestrator wouldn't be around now if it wasn't for John Madden, hmm. because I think other people would just wouldn't have, have embraced it the way he did. Hmm. And, you know, when a guy will Telestrate, Gatorade buckets you know it's a, it's a throwaway thing at the time when you're watching that game yeah. but you look back at it now particularly right now and you just see how great this man was at making the game accessible and approachable and even with all of the knowledge that he had from his coaching and his commentating etc he could still find the levity to do something like that in the middle mm. of a game but still make it fit within the game. It didn't feel like a yeah. kind of bolt-on piece. The guy was just a genius in everything he did. Absolutely everything he did. Yeah, definitely. Definitely worth mentioning. So, yes, John Madden sadly passed away at the age of 85. Um, we're going to pass you over to the rest, to me, for the rest of the podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. And see you, speak to you in a second. Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Gentleman podcast. I don't know why I said it like that, but we're back. We had a week off last week. Thank you for being so understanding. We actually had people miss us, I believe, so. Can you believe that? Really? Well, yeah. both of us, or just you? But all of you us. You, I could understand, but both of us? Oh, yeah. No, all of us, I think. I think people yeah. missed the podcast in general. I got wow. a message from a friend. Um, who now now said, you're stretching it. Yeah, I know. Too far now, right? Did I, did yeah. I, did I go too far? Yeah, you've broken, you've broken it now. Yeah, well... Um, I don't know whether do you remember our, our, our it always feels weird when we say singular fan singular but our Australian fan Dr Bob was asking about where our podcast was last week wow hey Bob Dr yeah. Bob I should say Dr Bob that. Yeah. well done by all accounts an extremely nice guy from what I hear and uh, avid podcast listener so I thought I'd give him another shout out and say we're back so thanks for listening Dr Bob um, we'll try not to leave you for too long next time like I think we'll probably have a week off just as the season ends, as we usually do, and then straight into draft. So, you know, that's how it works. Generally, well, we it? have, I was working it out the other week, actually, and I never actually shared the information with mm. you, but we have completely, completely messed up the possibility for a fanfare party podcast. Oh, really? Because our traditional closing podcast that we do the week after the Super Bowl mm. every season, just to round out all our season-long predictions and all of that, would have been the 400th. Oh, what? And because we missed it last week, it's now yeah. the, the random yeah, one that kicks It's off. now going to be, it's going to be the week <laughs> off would have been our 400. So now the <clears throat> kickoff for next season. So maybe we'll, we'll do some kind of random, perhaps it will work out in our favor that we don't have to do anything specific. I think that's the way to go. And what we could do, just spitballing here, we'll uh, just do a I Discord. I hate that phrase. Sorry. You really? sound like some, yeah, you sound like some, upmarket wannabe Notting Hill architect just spitballing how about a door there <laughs> you get a door 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 <laughs> everybody gets a door, door. <laughs> um well well I've got a few ideas we'll leave it there 
the, but that's that's good. Yeah, four hundred episode. We'll leave it open. But I've got some ideas. That's important. Four hundred episode. I mean, that, and even then, that's like it's more than four hundred because each episode recently two, is two episodes. Two episodes. It's way more than four hundred. So it's like we're pushing six hundred podcasts at least. Yeah, I would say. People yeah. still listen there. It's crazy. And some of the I, people I that listen are the people that have listened from the start as well. I know. Can it, I, can it's, I, like, it's like the drugs are working. <laughs> can I, can I uh, drop something that's even more surprising? I have not missed a single episode. Well, no, that's not surprising at all. Because when you say you can't do it, we take a week off. Yeah, yeah, it does. But it's, <laughs> none it's of us just... want to host. That's why. No, well, that's not true. I think Duncan gave it a go. He gave. I see. That's that's not true. None of us are capable of hosting in such a manner that is befitting of your ability to host, Dan. There we go. How's that? What are you after? It's Christmas. Yeah. If <laughs> <laughs> um, we should probably talk about some American football. Yeah, let's. Some of it what, happened what, last. What week. has been played by? actual players and yeah. others that have been played by general public in suits. Oh my God. The uh, Saints game last night. For starters, uh, I would have won £200 had Alvin Kamara scored a touchdown yesterday, but that I'm was sorry, never going to happen with the five um, baristas, I think, that were in front of him uh, blocking for him. So uh, I think yeah. Ian Book may... Don't want to cast aspersions on his character, or 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 potentially open any closets with skeletons in. Yeah, but I think Ian Book might actually quite enjoy a bit of S and M because he seemed to like getting hit last night because he held on to that ball for a long time. It's not, I, but it wasn't just him holding on to the ball. Like every time he looked up, there were people on him. Now I know, I know. There, oh yeah, I mean, it's, it yeah. wasn't his fault. Yeah, but. It did kind of strike me a couple of times. It was like, oh, yeah, hit me again. That was fun. What was what I found frustrating was there was like a handful of plays that were really good. Like a handful of, oh, my God, look at that. And how many times have we seen that with quarterbacks where they're just like, if you can just harness just that part of your game, you're going to be fine. But him throwing to nobodies, um, being something of a relative nobody, uh, whilst also, like in, in, in relative terms, obviously. Um, what well, I, I yeah. really liked, though, was the almost textbook turn to the page after your first start loss response to the media after the game of, well, yeah, that was tough, and I need to go back and look at film, and it wasn't very good, and, you know, we, we need to do better. It's like, really? You think? <laughs> You yeah. need to go and watch some film. Yeah, maybe wait until your offensive line. I haven't got COVID as well. It's crazy. <laughs> the the uh, the tackle. I think the right tackle that finished the game was brought onto the practice squad from the street that morning. So I'm not talking about like elevated from the practice squad to the main squad. I mean he was brought from the street to the practice squad and then to the lineup within the space of a day. Yeah. They sent the scouts out and said, find us a bloke that looks about six foot six and 350 pound. <laughs> yeah. And if he can move, he'll do. Yeah. If he can't move, bring him in anyway. I feel bad for the Saints. Like, they surely were one of the teams that should have had been given some kind of leeway regarding the COVID rules. 
if you're going to slide the Seahawks Rams, and mm-hmm. that's not me saying that because it's the Seahawks Rams, it's because that was a game that was moved because there were players that had COVID. The Saints had 22 members of their roster yeah. inactive due to being on the COVID list. 22? Yeah. How does that not even register with the NFL that maybe we should be seeing if we can move this one a couple of days to give them charts? Why not play that one on a Tuesday or maybe the Wednesday? There's no Thursday night game this week. Why not mm. move it to Wednesday and you're still not bumping up against next week? Yeah. Where was the NFLPA in all this? Why weren't they up there screaming blue murder for the fact that the Saints were being made to play with nearly half their roster ineligible? Can I point out that it's the NFL picked a hell of a year to add an extra game as well? God, didn't they just? Like, th- th- they could really have done with, like they should have done last year, which is, yeah, you've got 18 weeks and you've got a spare week just in case teams need to move out. Yeah. Just, it's it's ridiculous. You see, Like, every day, the amount of players that are being added to the COVID list, like, we're going to talk a little bit about it. Like, uh, the big ones are Carson Wentz, Bruce Arians, and half of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary as well, by the looks of things. Um, but it's just absolutely crazy at the moment. Well, it's, it's either, I mean, most of it appears to be the Omicron variant, mm. which we know is rampant at the moment anyway. Mm. But you look at certain teams, and I'm not, I, I can't hold us ourselves up as the paragon now because we now have a COVID mm. case. But up to this point, the 49ers <clears throat> didn't have any COVID yeah. victims, if you like. And I'm sure there are probably a couple of other teams out there that haven't had a case yet. I'm trying to think off the top of my head one that hasn't been announced, but I can't actually think of one. Um, where are all these protocols they're supposed to be following that's supposed to minimise the transmission within camp? Here's, here's a thought. How has Cole Beasley been allowed to run up $100,000 worth of fines without ever being suspended? We saw the fine Aaron, Aaron Rodgers got. It was like 14000 so that yeah, means that I, he's probably breached it probably in at least six, seven times, I would say. I choked back my initial answer to that because it might have yeah. been slightly controversial, yeah. but maybe it's because he's a small, white, wide receiver. Yeah. I just think, I just think why, like, like that's, there are so many unvaccinated players. Why are we not clamping down on this a little bit more? Yeah, but they're not clamping down on it. They're now. They're, I think right now, as we're recording, they're voting on actually rewarding them in a certain respect by yeah. allowing them to come back after five days instead of ten, regardless of whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. Yeah, and yeah. because that's got nothing to do with the fact that it's damaging the product. It's all about the health and safety of the players. I sense a hint of sarcasm in your voice there. Sorry. Just, just, just a yeah. tiny, tiny little bit. Yeah, yeah. Just I, a I, bit. but that's that's the the US in general is going from five days to ten days, which is ten days to five days. Sorry, yeah. which is, I mean, it feels ridiculous to me. I, I, I understand. I don't generally like giving any praise towards anything our government ever do, but ten days to seven days seems sensible considering that it's. 10 days to seven days 
plus multiple negative lateral flow tests as well, as long as you're vaccinated as well. And the thing you have to take into account is most people, it takes two or three days for them to realise they've got it anyway. Mm. So that's that's your first three of the ten. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Five days is insane, I think. Particularly in an environment where you're in quite literally close contact for three and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't entirely understand it. And it's surely we're at a point where um it we're where um if someone in the secondary is gonna get it, for example, then the whole of the secondary is gonna get it. If someone on the offensive line is gonna get it, then the whole of the offensive line is gonna get it. I'm not saying that there is an easy solution to this. I'm saying that there probably is some kind of solution to this. But I agree with you in that sense that there is no easy solution. And, you know, it is what it is. And society as a whole is suffering mm. from the whole level of of contagious nature of, of Omicron. Mm. But you would think the NFL, given it is week 16 now, just gone, you would send everybody into lockdown, wouldn't you? You'd bubble them, surely. For two for weeks? T- it's like, look, we've got two weeks to get through the regular mm. season. If you're up the sharp end, and to be fair, that's most of the league at the moment because yeah. the sharp end isn't very sharp this year, do that extra bit to make sure you can be clear for the play- for the postseason. You know, it's like we've got through most of the season. We've got two months left. Yeah, not even that. Six weeks left. Please, just sacrifice six weeks to get us through this. Yeah, but the NFL just don't appear to be doing anything other than, well, actually, you don't need to do quite as much as you're doing already. It's just bizarre, utterly yeah. bizarre. Because I, I think all you're going to do is end up spreading it around more. Yeah, next players. And I, I wouldn't actually be at all surprised if it's the NFLPA driving this change from 10 to 5 hmm. because they're banging on the NFL's door saying, look, the CDC is saying yeah. we only need five days now. Why is our profession being penalised with 10 and our, our members aren't being allowed to work when everybody else isn't? It's, oh, it's mad. It's utterly mad. And then that in turn forces teams like the Saints to potentially have their entire season derailed because they were forced to play with half their team unavailable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, a, it's a horrible situation. I mean, I don't envy the NFL. There is no right way out of this. Yeah. The, one, of the, one of the routes was probably not playing an extra game this year, though. Yeah, but it's a bit late now yeah. to, you know, hindsight. That's a hindsight decision, isn't it? Is it, though? Like, surely, I suppose we just didn't see this coming. But... When... Yeah, when we were sat here in June, did we honestly say, well, you wait till December gets here and, and the last month of the season is going to be chaos because we're going to get more cases in December than we had for the entire season this year? I'm just saying that it might be worth leaving it a season before deciding that that's a good idea. Mm. Admittedly, I didn't, I didn't see it coming, but then I'm not running the NFL. No, so. but then if you if you don't do stuff because of what might you never do stuff. No, no, but it's, um, it's, it's more like just leaving it not, not saying we're not going to do it, but just leaving a season, see what happens this season. And if this season would have gone off without a hitch, then you do it the following season. So yeah. Obviously didn't. I, it's, uh, I think that's, uh, 
it's a that's an understandable stance, but mm. I think that's a bit of a hindsight one, personally. I just think that the this league is so reluctant to show any kind of caution towards anything. Um unless because the driver is revenue. Yeah, unless it's hurting people's feelings, obviously, which is incredibly important. The only the only caution they would show is to anything that might damage the revenue stream. Mm. Well, that's why they, the conspiracy theorists, and I don't know, I'm not even sure whether it's even, I think that's a bit harsh on the people that are saying this, that there are, there is a group of people that genuinely think the reason the taunting rule was brought in is because the NFL have sidled up with a number of betting companies now. um, And they like to be able to control the narrative somewhat sometimes. And the taunting rule gives them an opportunity to do that. Yeah, it's been a long-held allegation, isn't it? That, that being said, fixed. we are seeing fewer taunting penalties nowadays, like in the last few weeks, because players aren't doing it as much. And as much as I hate the rule, it's a dumb rule. Like, players are beginning to get wise that they just shouldn't do it. So, well, it was, Who was it this weekend... I can't remember who it was. One of the QBs got hit on a slide Mm. and then the offensive lineman came up and shoved the guy that fell on him, Mm. but then went at him again and and kind of shoved his chest into him and was kind of posturing at him and he got called for taunting. Yeah. And that kind of made sense because he was, I mean, it was, it was a goading penalty rather than mm. a taunting penalty, but it is much and much the same thing. He was trying to draw him into swinging at him. Yeah. And that's a legitimate penalty. Yeah. yeah but the guy standing up and celebrating because he just carried nine guys with him to get that crucial first down and the game-winning drive. Yeah, that's... Absolutely, shouldn't be, yeah. 100%. Yeah. But then the standard of officiating this year has been an all-time low for me it's been appallingly bad yeah yeah it has been it's it's there's been zero consistency yeah which it, is... it's time for the nfl to blow it up start again mm. and i don't know whether that's making them full time whether that's putting more officials out there whether that's better utilizing the eye in the sky you know it's, there's it's time to fix all the broken bits. Yes, they're still human, but we have the technology there now. We have the communications there now that we can fix this stuff in real time. I, I don't understand why New York isn't generally more involved in things. Like why <laughs> they aren't why aren't they aren't in the referee's ear pretty much on every play? Well they were doubly in the ear in the um, this weekend, weren't they? Where they reviewed the review, mm. <laughs> which is not something which you see. It's the first time we've really seen that. Yeah, because they got it wrong the first time, and then New York kind of buzzed them back and said, "Hang on a minute, we might have got this one wrong." But that's that's the perfect use of it. Okay, don't mm. get it wrong in the first place, but you're you're there. You've got eyes on every game, on every yeah. play, from every angle. Use it. You have the technology there. It's not like you've got to invest three and a half billion dollars. Yeah. league-wide to kit out all these stadiums with the technology. It's there. Yeah. It's already in place. Use it. Make it a better 
you know, if it means that there are two more stoppages every game or there's a call reversed in every game, yeah. I would wager 99% of fans will take that for the sake of getting it right than they would reject it because it's another stoppage in a game that has umpteen stoppages in it anyway. You have two options. You can keep the speed of the game as it is, which isn't amazingly quick in the first place. Or you can accept that there's going to be more stoppages, and but the calls are going to be right. Which is going to annoy you more fans, is what I exactly. say. Like, exactly. Pick the one that's going to annoy you the least and go with that. Which one would you prefer? But I, I don't see that the NFL can use the pace of the game as a counter-argument to doing no. it anyway. Because know. we've seen this week, they're still doing touchdown, commercial, mm. kickoff, commercial. It, how is that increasing the pace of the game? Oh, yeah, it's revenue, isn't it? Of course. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, they can't be that concerned about the pace of the game that they're not going to allow New York to interject when there's been a, a clear mm. error. It's, it's relatively on the, it should be relatively on the fly anyway. They should just be in the referee's ears the whole time. And if they see something egregious, like just employ one more ref for each game in New York. Yeah, but how many times do we see a flag get thrown for something that is quote unquote contentious, a, mm. a taunting for, for the easy low hanging fruit here? A taunting penalty is mm. called. How often do we see all the officials stood there for three minutes discussing who it was on and what it was for? Yeah. Why can't Um, New York be in the referee's ear then? Yeah, I agree. It it makes no sense to me. And it's it's almost a reluctance for the NFL to admit that they've got it wrong all these years. Yeah. Yeah. But it's absolutely have. Yeah. But they have the PR machine that's capable of spinning it to the way that they're moving with the technology. And we found a better way to do this. We're going to try this because we want to make a better product for you, et cetera, et cetera. Most fans would jump on it straight away. Yeah. I mean, we would all be in favor of better officiating. Yeah. Like even if then like a little graphic comes up saying currently being reviewed in New York or something, and then you cut to, like a bunch of bods in New York crowded around a TV screen looking at something and then cut back to the referee. Well, the XFL tried that, didn't they? They mm. actually had a camera in the eye in the sky in the, cause I think it was actually in the stadiums, wasn't it? Yeah. And you actually heard the communications between the officials and maybe the NFL Which won't go that far. We should be able to do because it's dodgy that we can't. Yeah, absolutely. Look at, look at rugby in, you hear everything in rugby. Absolutely. And uh, and it's amazing. When you're hearing the referees talking to the players, it's actually a lot of fun to hear anyway, the way they talk to them. You get it in cricket as well. Yeah. The third umpire will, will talk the on-field umpires through what he's seeing and, and his decision-making process as well, so that he can then relay that to the players. It's the, There's no reason for the NFL not to be doing it. The very unless... <laughs> I think at the very least, you it, it, it's it adds to the game to actually hear, it, like if you're unsure why something's been called, to hear a referee go right, this is why I've called this. What do you reckon? And not being funny, hmm. I'd rather hear Dwayne Baskell in New York hmm. than I would Gene Steratore being dropped into the coverage. Like 
you know there is a problem when every single network has an ex-referee on there or an ex-head of refereeing like to, to explain what's actually going on. Yeah, and even this, even they this season, because they're normally, yeah. Dean Blandino being the prime example, yeah. they're normally the first ones to jump to the defence of the officiating crews, etc. This year, all three of them have yeah. been critical at times of the call and are kind of, yeah, that's that's not right. <laughs> yeah, And for all three of them to do it at various times throughout the season tells you the standard of officiating we've seen this year. I mean, poor Ed Hockley, love him. I can't believe he's proud of his son right now. <laughs> I, I just think... Um, Not for his officiating, anyway. I just think it's... It, there are They are missing so many tricks, and it feels like it's just because it's convenient for the, for, for the NFL more than yeah. it's good for the game. But they need to start understanding that, sure, okay, then betting's a massive part of it, or whatever it is that's the reason that they've decided to not do anything about it but they're going to start losing fans at some point at some yeah. point someone's going to set up a league that will actually do quite well against the nfl and i don't think it will ever be bigger but i think it might at least cause a few problems and a few scares well i think if it had been created on a sound financial footing the xfl could have been that league yeah agreed agreed but that's it's not dead is it it's still rumbling yeah. covid's just kind of like lay, uh, yeah. having it lay dormant i suppose yeah it'll be interesting to see if and how that comes back will be yeah definitely because if the as uh, i agree with you if the nfl don't fix this there's going to be an appetite for it yeah for somebody that will say look we'll take all the bits that really don't work in the nfl and we'll fix them or we'll try and fix them and we'll see how it goes and if they do fix them then I think people will jump on board pretty quickly. So wonder how far away people are from just like starting following something like basketball instead. Oh no, no, not basketball. Not me, Sai, or you. I'm not going to do no, it. Definitely but... not me. Sorry to the basketball fans out there. Sorry, Phil, but it is like having a bag of budgies hit with a cricket bat for 25 minutes. I, I find basketball quite dull. <laughs> I just, oh, just can't. I just can't watch basketball. It, ugh. Well, he's gone up that end and he scored. Oh, he's gone up the other end and they've that's scored. Oh, they've gone up the other end and he scored. It's not about scoring. It's about not scoring, isn't it? It's about yeah. who doesn't score is, is yeah. the issue. Sorry, so, Phil. I know we're probably doing your, your game a great disservice, yeah, but and, we're not and here for basketball. I understand <laughs> that you are very good at it as well, I'd imagine, Phil. Um, but uh, it's just not for us. Sorry. What's the point here, If he has lots of jiffy bags to deliver. He, he stands there and tries three pointers for the end of people's drives. I'd imagine it's it's all lateral flow tests for him at the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so we haven't actually talked about any actual football yet. Where do where do we want to have a look at? Oh, I suppose we should talk, kind of tie the two together. And Indianapolis are going to be running the ball a lot this week, aren't they? They are. Carson Wentz. Yeah, looks like he's set to miss time. Unless they get the five day rule, because then he'll still squeak in. Yeah. Because he's unvaccinated. So he's currently 10-day. Yeah. I I, I do... Um, that, like, the thing with the Colts is they've got as many injuries slash COVID scratches as anyone else in the league, pretty much, barring, like, the Saints or the Ravens. Um, but they just seem to make it work, don't they? Well, they had find a, ton- a way to win. Yeah, they they had a ton of injuries against the Cardinals and just 
completely blew them up. It's because the Cardinals aren't very good. So I think they're me. staggering a little bit. I, they're the prime example of the team that starts the season hot and then falls in backwards. I think you might be right, yeah. And then you've got a team like Miami that do the complete opposite. Yeah, Miami... I, I know which one I'd rather read. be playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, th- I think the Colts are up there as one of those teams, is one of the teams, probably the, one of the top three teams that I wouldn't want to play right now. Yeah, I, I absolutely would not want to play the Colts. No. I mean, they... And they have... There are teams in the league that can survive their starting QB go down, mm. whether that be because they have a more than adequate backup. Yeah. And I would include somebody like the Baltimore Ravens in that because Hundley's look good this year. Hundley's look good. Josh Johnson didn't look great, though. No, no, no. He looked all back, right. Backups, but... backups aren't brilliant. Yeah. He looked all right, um, but they were obviously, it was their defense that was a problem, but yeah, yeah we'll get to that in a second. But then the other batch of teams you have that can survive their starting QB out are the teams that have a very good ground game. And yeah. Indianapolis have the best, the best running back in football right now. Best. They were running the ball whilst missing 80% of their starting offensive line as well. Yeah. Um, they were missing uh, a number of key players from their secondary, and they were still just dominating on defense as well, causing Kyler Murray absolute fits in that game. This Colts team is the most dangerous type of type of team in the sense that they are very well coached. They are. Um, and everyone knows their assignment on this team. And they're similar in a way to the praise we were giving Buffalo before the season started in that their depth gives them flexibility. Yeah. So they can change what they do if they have to because starters are missing because they still have decent depth and capable depth. Um, I'm just trying to find a chart, just touching on that Jonathan Taylor thing about him running behind a bad offensive line. Somebody put together the stats for um, yardage over expected Mm. in terms of when the running back received the ball um, and what they actually gained over what they were expected to gain. And Jonathan Taylor is 1.6 yards per carry ahead of every other running back in the league in terms of actually gaining yards over the expected due to defensive and offensive positioning. He's something like 1.8. Ahead of the rest, it's oh, insane. See something else is Jonathan Taylor. There's there's this massive mess of dots on this chart, and then there's just this one huge, great big blue one up the top for Jonathan Taylor. It does make you wonder. Would be fun if Derrick Henry was was, was playing, wouldn't it? Mm. Like if we had Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry going to going head to head as like the two running backs in the league that just going crazy. So just 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 before we go any further, we'll we'll, we'll come back to it. Uh, quick tweet that that caught my eye. Actually, no, you carry on. You carry on and read this afterwards. Not come, we're not no, no, I was, was going to say, and it's, it's interesting because they're two almost polar opposites of the running game. Mm. You know, Derek Henry is very much a north-south, I'll just take you with me type runner, whereas Jonathan Taylor is that shiftier kind. Of, I mean, he's capable of north-south, but he's, he's not so much of a downhill runner, is he? Mm. He's more of an east-west, but still equally effective. Neither of them particularly need an offensive line in front of them. Well, I mean, they do, obviously, but they, they just, it's, the, the offensive lines they've got are so well coached. 
because they just know their assignments. I, I, I yeah. think I think that's just the cults all over. They they know everyone on that team knows exactly what they're supposed to do. Yeah, there's there's the, you don't see any confusion with the cults. No, the the, the processing like, something like Miami. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Mike Mike Gazicki back there directing. Okay, they look a lot better now, but Mike Gazicki back there directing traffic in. Mm. I think it was week five, wasn't it? He was there pushing people around, telling them where to stand. Mm. That's this, when you knew they had a problem. This is the tweet that cracked me up. Jeremy Layton said, uh, my two-year-old son just looked me in the eyes and said, Daddy, the Bears run such predictable route patterns and are so deficient on the offensive line that it's impossible to expect Justin Fields or any rookie QB to have any semblance of success. I'm so proud of him. Fairly accurate there, though. Nothing to do with anything, just cracked me up. Um, I, I think the Colts... Maybe not quite as high as the Packers as the team that I don't think anyone wants to play right now. I think the Packers are very much the the team no one wants to play. Yeah, I think the Packers are very hard to beat right now. That mm. that you know nobody wanted to play the Packers last year. Yeah, but they were beatable. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure they're beatable right now. I don't I don't know where their <laughs> chink is. So Cleveland came close. Because Cleveland's run game is incredible. So they had, was it three minutes left on the clock? Three timeouts um, to move the ball within field goal range. Um, They'd been running on the Packers to the point where they put up, I think, 220 yards rushing on the Green Bay Packers. And they came out and put the ball in Baker's hands to chuck the ball several times, including to an interception that, you know, he can feel slightly unlucky about because maybe it should have been called for PI, but no one had been calling PI all game. It's why did they like, yeah, fair enough. It should have been PI, but, but why put him in that position in the first place when you're running the ball that well? With timeouts, all three of your timeouts. Are you, are you are you doing this thing with the Browns again? Where if only they'd. No, I'm doing the thing <laughs> saying that they 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 could. They should have, have won that game. They, they should have won that game. They should have at least put themselves in a position to win the game. Yeah, like admittedly, backup kicker. Who knows? But like, it's convenient for them to hang the loss on that pi. Yeah, missed pi call. Yeah, it's Definitely. a great um, deflection. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, I've just been. I wouldn't want to be the Browns' front office this year. No, because they've got a very difficult decision regarding Baker Mayfield as well. Yeah, and I, I don't know which is the correct route to take. I really don't. Nor do I, because how much of this is down to the fact that he's playing injured at the moment as well? Yeah. Like we've we've seen it with. Mm multiple QBs of multiple talent levels and it's not exactly groundbreakingly huge to reveal that if you're playing injured you can't play quarterback very well yeah everything he does is quite uh, robotic at the moment so yeah it's uh, entertaining I've been informed that in our discord dynasty league site it's you and me playing for um, last place Yep, I I lost. In fact, I'm going to look it up because I still can't quite believe it. I lost this week mm-hmm. to a team um, who had um, 
both running backs out, one yeah. through injury, one on IR. Um, they had a wide receiver who was out on COVID protocol. Mm. Their linebacker was out on COVID protocol and their QB was Sam Darnold, who wasn't actually scheduled or slated to be starting. And I still lost by two points because Jalen Wardle scored 25 points on Monday Night Football against the New Orleans Saints. (laughs) Which puts um, me in the final with you for the chance to wear a jersey of somebody else's picking. Has anyone picked your jersey yet? They've picked mine, haven't they? Uh, Well, you kind of picked your own, didn't you? Well, yeah. It was decided I just didn't want to wear it. Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, there were reasons not to wear those ones. The, The obvious one for me was Clay Matthews. Um, because I really hate Clay Matthews. <laughs> so, so there's a good chance that I'll be wearing Clay Matthews jersey uh, very soon. Who, who yeah, do you go with? So, well, apparently now the loser needs to buy the jersey of their rival. Yes, they do. Yeah, I didn't realise we were buying it as well. Yeah, apparently so. That makes it doubly pain. Man, I need to crush you this week. Damn, yeah. I need to crush you this week. Oh, well, if, if you do. Can you tell me where I can get? It doesn't have to be. Apparently, it doesn't have to be a real one. It could be a fake one. So, oh, so right. if you can tell me where I can get a fake Clay Matthews jersey from, <laughs> yes, <laughs> so I'm I can. Not, I'm not paying a ninety quid for like a, a Nike one. So. Oh God, no! You'll get. I, I can find you one for like six quid. It's Perfect. Fine. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, um, I think. I think if it's if it's got to be the jersey you'd least want to wear. Yeah, it's got to be Mahomes, isn't it? Yeah, I think it probably has. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want to do this. I don't want to wear a Clay Matthews jersey, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put some effort into this week. <laughs> oh, God. Can you forget to set your line up again? No, I can't. Please. I'll tell you what, there's a league that I... that I'm not saying I don't care about this league. There's a league that I, I am... There's one fantasy league that I, every year, it, it just goes crazy, right? Um, and I accidentally left Justin Fields in ahead of Joe Burrow. Oops. Yeah, Joe Burrow had a pretty good game last time I checked. Yeah, he chucked a couple, didn't he? Oh, here's an idea: Wink Martindale. Don't run your mouth off before the start of a game, <laughs> especially when your secondary is essentially the cast of this podcast. Like, and when you've already seen three or four teams this season do something that's a bit kind of run your mouthy and then get their backsides walloped. Yes. No starting players in the secondary. Up against I mean, one of the best, better trios of receivers in the league right now, I think. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase. You know, I get the whole... Um, we tweeted as much on Sunday about the mentality of a cornerback, but I get the whole bravado and, and you know, bolstering your boys and, and speaking up for your guys. And, but mm. doing that against a team coming in with Burrow and... Chase and Higgins. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing, man? You can almost hear the rest of the secondary sitting there going, shut up. Shut up. Killed it. Shut you see, up. Yeah. Burrow thrives on that, clearly. Did you yeah, see him in the post-game press conference? I'm going to be the coolest person ever where to wear a Santa hat. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make it seem like I don't care, but clearly I do because... Uh, we just got over 500 yards and they kept me in the entire game so I could get the uh, franchise record. Exactly. They didn't exactly um, wind it back, did they? It was like, yeah, go out there and just start slinging 
60 yard bombs. See if you can complete them. See how many yards you can get. Go for it. Yeah. Utterly bonkers. That that game, the, the Bengals look fantastic. That was, if anything, that was probably the Joe Burrow coming out game, I think. Mm. I'm not saying he hasn't got- already done it, but this this felt like next level. Well, it's 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 that old thing, isn't it? You've only got to string two or three together. Yeah. And I mean, the Chargers looked like they'd done it and then fell over backwards against Houston. I'm not going to laugh too much about that because we're playing Houston this week. <laughs> yes. Davis Mills putting together some uh, decent games now. Yeah. And, you know, you can add the caveats of the Chargers secondary and the defence. No Joey Bosa. Holes, except Yeah, but he still played a really clean, solid game. Oh, he played you know, a great it, game. It, yeah. it wasn't like all his wide receivers were wide open all the time because there was no defence. There was defence. He just made some really good throws and some really good decisions when not to throw it as well. And Rex Burkhead went off for 140 yards. Yeah. yeah it's like Rex was like, oh, I still play. Hello, yeah. remember me? Um, yeah, Davis Mills spread the ball out to five different receivers, each catching at least three passes and no more than four passes, four, four completions. Um, averaging about, I think it was about 12 yards a play. So like he was hitting most of his receivers past the line uh, and he was hitting five different receivers past the line as well. Yeah, and some of that credit definitely goes to the way that they schemed that. Yeah. But at the same time, the fact that he's hit that many receivers says to me he's doing a great job of going through his progressions and reading defence Yeah, to find the open guy rather than just keying in on one target all the time and hoping it works. Yeah. He's, he's putting himself in the shop window, I think. Yeah. I, I, I mean, who knows whether he's actually ever going to be a starter, but I mean, he's what he's done is probably secure himself a job in the league. So, yeah, oh yeah, he'll have a contract next year for sure. Yeah, definitely. I just hope we absolutely panhandle him this week. How worried are you about the Cowboys right now, Si, being actually a decent team? The who? The Dallas Cowboys. Oh, them. America's yeah. team. Yeah, yes. no, I'm not bothered about them. It's playoffs soon. They'll always fall over in the playoffs. You're not worried? No. I. Their defence is dangerous. Their defence is really dangerous. Yeah. Um, they're possibly the best special teams unit in the league okay. currently, I would say. Their offense is patchy. Their run game at the start of the season, I think I actually said, was the best one-two punch mm. in the league with Elliot and Pollard. But they're not consistently the best one-two. Their receivers can be really good but they do get a case of the drops every now and then. Mm. CD Lamb, I'm looking at you. Dak Prescott's had happy feet for a few weeks. When it's working, they are a very efficient, very effective offense, but they are patchy. I I would not be scared if we were playing the Cowboys next week. Really? No. I mean, I'm scared of every team playing the Bears, but uh, actually I'm not. Well, you're not um, this year, are you? One of the best what you're things, scared of is you'll win. Yeah. One of the best things I heard on the Athletic podcast was um, Mitchell Schwartz goes to Robert Mays. How upset with you? Because he's a, he's a Bears fan. How upset were you within the Bears win? 
And he was, there was a moment's silence before he went, no, you know, I don't, I don't mind either way. And Mitch Schwartz is going, <laughs> I saw the smirk. <laughs> I, I saw the result. When I, yeah. I looked at the score and I, I bet Dan looked at it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't so much that I was annoyed about it. It was, it was just so pointless. Like, who we do we do we really care whether the Giants get a decent draft pick or not? Does it really matter now? It's like a wasted win, isn't it? Yeah, um, better off banking that one for the start of next year. Yeah, I understand though that that Matt Nagy is going to try and play his best to make sure he doesn't get fired. And if yeah, there were I mean, reports Matt- coming out that if we'd have lost that game, he'd have been fired, and it should not have mattered either way whether we lost that particular game anyway. Yeah, it's a bit late for it to be a one-game decision, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. But I, okay. I think he's gone. I, d- I don't think there's anything you can do now to justify keeping him. So the latest rumour I've heard is that Sean Payton is going to end up as the Chicago Bears coach. Sean Payton. That's the latest rumour I've heard. You've got to be mildly excited about that, haven't you? I can't stand Sean Payton. <laughs> no, but... but- if for the Bears, you and put Justin Sean Fields. Payton in the room with Justin Fields, and then yeah, I'm excited about yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. Um. Now I do wonder whether that means Ryan Pace stays on, because obviously Ryan Pace came from the Saints, so whether they know each other or not might be a different matter. I I do question whether that's necessarily the right move. Like if Sean Payton's available, obviously you go for him. It, it might even be a case that the Bears might even end up trading for Sean Payton, which I don't actually hate either. Like if that's how you're going to get a decent head coach, considering how many open head coaching jobs we're about to be looking at, I think, which I think is a fair amount, um, and how many actual head coaches that are worth picking up are available. The fact that most teams are probably going to avoid going to the college well nowadays, because that's not worked out very well for most teams. Currently, looking in your direction, Matt Rule, looking in your direction, Urban Meyer. Um, then Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury, yeah. Then um, then you're left with a coordinators in the NFL. And the coordinators you're left with are Brian Dable, who, who, who pulled his socks up a little bit, I think, this week with the Bills result. They, they did quite well. Uh, Kellen Moore, who I think is a questionable pick for a head coach. But I guess we'll see. Thanks to interview. Hmm. The, the usual guys, um, uh, Eberflus, um, who's the guy from the Chiefs again? <laughs> Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy. Good lord, I, I'm terrible with names. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, um, and then Todd Bowles, Levon, and um, obviously uh, Byron Leftwich is getting interviewed by the Jags as well. I would imagine it's Todd Bowles. Was that true? As is Todd Bowles. Are they both getting interviewed by the Jacks? Yeah, they've asked. They've asked to speak to Leftwich and Bowles, Kellen Moore, and Doug Pedersen. Yeah, and Dan Quinn and Nathaniel Hackett. Dan Quinn was a head coach last year, and he wasn't great at it. Didn't work out too well, did it? No. So I do question that one, but uh, but I think Todd Bowles is an interesting one. I don't think he got fair crack at it last time. So 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 the the point being, oh, and and Doug Peterson as well, Jim Caldwell, who who yeah, who is 
is obviously coming back, obviously, of not being very well. So Jeff um, Fisher will get a mention somewhere. Yeah, fair play. He, he should go in an in interview and see if anyone will actually hire him. Um, so if... He could go if, eight and nine now. <laughs> if it's up in the air as to whether there is a suitable head coaching candidate, why not put the feelers out and see if you can somehow pick Sean Payton away from the Saints? Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost in line with that whole draft rhetoric, mm. isn't it? That you go with a known entity rather than yeah. wasting your, your money on a bit of a risk. Yeah. I don't. I say I don't think anyone's going to go to the college world this year anymore because it's just not working out. No, highly unlikely. It's too highly different. Unlikely. Too different. Yeah. But there we go. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll wait and see. Uh, no Thursday night game this week then? No, no more Thursday nights. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Until next season, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah it's straight into the Sundays. And I think they've still front-loaded the Sunday window. I thought the fact that they'd moved... Uh, I think I'm right in saying it's still front-loaded. The fact that they'd moved the Thursday night game out, mm-hmm. um, we might have actually got a slightly better balance on earlies and lates i don't think they have we've still we've got five mid games this time round which is more than usual to be fair yeah true hmm. but it's still it's still a, a what is it an 8 5 split isn't it yeah crazy amount nine, of games on, 9 on, 5 yeah 15 games on Sunday is a lot. It is. And I understand geographically you have certain restrictions mm. about markets and what time they kick off, etc. But when you're at this end of the season and there's so much riding on so many games and you've got nine games kicking off at the same time, mm. it's a bit nuts. Yeah, there are several games they could probably just ignore, though. Yeah, there are, but I do think we're getting to the point where it needs to be factored in in the scheduling. Yeah. Don't put so many East Coast teams at home on the same week. And I know there are so many factors that that go into the scheduling, but at least try and balance it out a little bit. You know, trying to cram nine in on the six o'clock kickoff and then drop to five at nine o'clock. It's, you know, it's, it's like the second half of the party. Everybody leaves. Yeah. Yep, totally agree. Um, let's do... I suppose we do Gentleman of the Week. I don't really need to look at it. I, I saw where this one was going. And uh, I'm going to look at it anyway, though, just in case. You never know, I suppose. Um, why is Shanahan trending so? looking now for Trey Lance and yeah. Jimmy Broken Thumb Garoppolo yeah um, just talking about um, obviously John Lynch's um, tweet like like his pocket like yeah his pocket like yeah it's yeah, crazy how that happens like button with yeah, I want to know what he hit the like button with if it was in his pocket it's yeah it seems somewhat unlikely doesn't it <laughs> Just a touch. Just a touch. <laughs> How are you feeling about the, Trey Lance? 
Um, yeah, I don't want to get into that. No, really? Okay. <laughs> Let's just wait and see what the kid does. Yeah, I think that's the way forward. Um, so, Gen of the Week, the four picks I think kind of picked themselves this week. I think these are the, the, the four obvious players. Uh, Dak Prescott, which was James's pick. Joe Burrow, which was Duncan's pick. Davis Mills, which was your pick. Josh Allen, which was my pick. Um, and in reverse order, on both 6.9%, we had Davis Mills and Josh Allen. On 10.8%, Dak Prescott. And uh, narrowly in the lead with 75.5%, which I think is the biggest margin we've had, is Joe Burrow. And I think probably deservedly so as well. He was oh, absolutely. Yeah, he certainly was. Um, breaking news: the NFL has informed teams that unvaccinated players who test positive can come back after five days. Fair enough. We will see how it works out. Maybe it well will done, NFL. No teams fit for the playoffs. No. Let's see some questions. Uh, Ross mm. uh, Bell or Ross Jingle Bell says the Seahawks clearly need to blow everything up and start fresh. You keep Metcalf, Lockett, Wagner. Uh, Daryl Taylor, Adams, Diggs, Dixon, literally everyone else can go. What hall of picks could you get for Wilson? What head coaching candidates are there around that could be interested? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm still at blow it all up and start again. Um, oh, I mean, I'm sure you keep Metcalf, do you? He's, he's I think, I think you like do. he's a bit petulant. He is, but I think he is very talented. Yeah. Okay, so uh, picks for picks for Wilson. Picks for Wilson. I, I think you're looking at least two firsts. I think you get fewer picks now than you would have done at the start of the season. Yeah, because I think you'd have got three firsts at the start of the season. Yeah, I mean his his decision making is the biggest concern. His his throwing accuracy, etc bad thumb, blah, blah, no protection, blah, blah. But some of his decision-making these last few games, it's almost as though he's given up. Yeah. And yeah, I think not, he has given up. He's just up. not bothered anymore. Um, but that will ring a tiny little alarm bell with some. Probably not many, because there are quite a lot of teams in the NFL right now that would quite happily have Russell Wilson under centre. Um, yeah. But yeah, two firsts sounds about right. Maybe a first and a big-time defensive player. I think the Seahawks, if you're getting rid of Russell Wilson, then what you're doing is accepting that you are blowing up the team. And you're going to need picks. So I think if you're the Seahawks, you could probably leverage it to at least two first-round picks, depending on what teams get involved or what teams are interested. Yeah, and um, you, if that offer turns up, then yes, I think you do. I think you jump on it. But mm. I think there are a lot of teams that are relatively pick-poor currently because a lot of teams of late have gone with trading picks for players because they're known entities. Here's a question. If you're the Giants, do you trade your first two first round picks this year for a Russell Wilson? Or the Eagles go. for that matter? No, I don't think the Eagles would. I think the I Eagles think... really like that 
Jalen Hurts. I think they're going to roll with Jalen Hurts for a year at least, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he's looked bad this year at all. Hmm. Um, apparently, um, Minshew asked what it would take for him to become the starter. He was told yeah. in no uncertain terms that it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, and it is um, not. No, absolutely. Um, no, I, I don't think the Eagles would would send any capital to Seattle for Wilson. Um, the Giants is an interesting one. It may be Dave Gettleman's swan song if he did that. Mm. I think that may be the, the straw. But then I can't believe Giants fans would be unhappy about Russell Wilson arriving. But at the same time, swapping Daniel Jones for Russell Wilson doesn't really solve a great deal because Daniel Jones isn't necessarily the problem in New York. No, and they've there's already been that leaked report, aren't they? Isn't there, which says um, that Joe Judge, Dave Gettleman, and Daniel Jones will all still be there next year. Yeah, yeah, and and Daniel Jones, I can understand. Gettleman, mm. I can kind of understand. Joe Judge is a huge surprise for me. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what he's done this year to warrant giving him another year. But anyway. Um, Hilariously, Phil reckons, Phil Knuckles on our Discord, reckons that um, if you lose, you should be putting on a nice Seahawks jersey, preferably an Adams one. And if uh, I lose, I should be putting on a Nick Foles Bears jersey because I'm a Packers fan, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd wear a Jamal Adams jersey. It's not like he's a Seahawks player, is it? I mean, I'd quite like dressing up as clowns. Be fine. You get a wig and a nose and all sorts. I'll do that. <laughs> there we go then. <laughs> so, so um, I mean, other teams, Steelers, obviously looking for a quarterback this year. That's, I hope they are. That's it's Steelers or the Broncos are the two that I think would be the big options because you look at it from the Seahawks' perspective as well. They probably want to send Russell Wilson to the AFC. Texans? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that the Texans wouldn't really have to change philosophy much then, would they, from what they had a couple of years ago? Um, depends how much say Russell Wilson has as well, because I'm not sure he'd want to go and stand behind the Texans' line. No, true. But, um, he, I think he's got something. I think he's got a no-trade clause in his contract, hasn't he? I think he probably has, yeah. 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 So, but yes, the, the, the two that jumped well three really um Steelers Broncos and then the Dolphins but they seem to be getting more and more comfortable with Tua being the guy yeah I don't think he is the guy but Miami seem to be more on board with that than they were at the start of the season at least I I think he might be I think he's looked really good I mean you look at what kind of run game he's got available to him um you look at how his offensive line seems to hate him and yet they're on a seven game win streak he's got to be doing something right mm. definitely you know waddling the sicky are playing out their skins but they're, they're no good if nobody's getting the ball to them so for for all his faults and there are plenty of them you, you've got to give the guy some credit I think yeah totally agree totally agree uh, right discord questions then let's get on to them shall we I can find them. Pod questions on Discord. Um, okay. Baz Verbeek says, 
We have five rookie quarterbacks with significant playing time. How would you rank their play so far this season? Here's is Jones number one, Mills number two, Fields number three, Lawrence number four, Wilson number five. I would say that's probably about right. Um, I would be very tempted. I'd be very tempted to to put Davis Mills at number one. Really? Mm. Well, he hasn't played many games, but the games he has played, he's been very good in. Um, uh, Mac Jones, then number two. And then Field, Lawrence, Wilson, I don't think any of them matter, really, but we'll work it out. But I'm going to introduce someone who was going to be on the second part. We got him in early, as long as he's all right with that. Uh, Josh, how you doing, buddy? I'm not bad. Sorry for being late or early, depending on how you look at things. <laughs> we will we'll talk about uh, Spider-Man in a bit. Um, you're, a Jet, you're a Jets fan, so it's got to be glass half empty, right? So you're late. <laughs> no, the, the thing is, the Jets take all my negativity. So there's only positivity left for the rest of my life. Uh, so, so Bass's question is, the five rookie quarterbacks, how are you ranking them? Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Oh, yeah. it's, it's strange because... Right off the bat, I think the obvious number one would be Mac Jones, just mm. in terms of how they played this year. Yeah. But if you're looking at it in terms of what I would want from a rookie, is I would want someone that's getting better mm. week on week. And I don't think he's been doing that. No, I agree. Whereas I think some of the other ones have been doing that a bit more. Yeah. So I guess it depends on what you really want. If you're just judging on performance, it's clearly Mac Jones. If you're judging on what you want your rookie to do, I think the answer could be quite different, mm. if that makes sense. I, I mean, I argued that, that Davis Mills might be the number one quarterback this year. That's depressing. Yeah, I know, right? Considering how, how talented this class was. It's, it's depressing in the sense that I did quarterbacks and I didn't even think about them. <laughs> <laughs> it really makes you wonder if you know what you're talking about when you yeah, watch this game. To, to be fair, Josh, you were really high on Mac Jet. Oh, hang on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going to need to go back to the drawing board on my scouting quarterbacks again. I've changed that every year. We're all missing it though, because there's there's two games left in the season for for Trey to come in and set the world on fire. There you go, Trey Lance potentially. Yeah. <coughs> what do you? What do Niners fans think? Want like? I don't think Simon's opinions line up with the other Niners fans. If I'm honest. Well, it mine line up with about forty eight percent of other Niners fans, and then the other forty eight percent of Niners fans are completely in the Trey Lance camp. And then there are actually a portion of 49ers fans that are wishing death on Garoppolo, which is just bizarre. It's a bit Brexity, isn't it? 48-22. Yeah, we are a massively divided fan base when it comes to the issue of quarterback. Yes. Hmm. And it, it, I've, I've bowed out of Twitter already because it would killed me by Sunday and I am going nowhere near it on Sunday once the game's on because the minute he throws anything it'll be A well if that was Jimmy we'd be crucifying him or if it's really good C we can't win anything with Jimmy 
it's tiresome. It's really tiresome. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel I have so much sympathy for your uh, potential playoff team there. So I just uh, yeah, really, we, really feeling for you there. We're one, we're one and done if we get in. Christ, our secondary it's, is bobbins. It's very much it's a totally different setup, and I think they're probably more optimistic going forward. But it's kind of like the Bengals fans. I'm kind of like the Bengals fans really want to make the playoffs. With what that means, that means you're bringing back the coach that you're going to make the playoffs in spite of, not because of. I think that as well. Like, because I, you, can't, I, you can't fire him for being the first guy to get you to the playoffs in seven years. I think the Bengals might be one of the more talented rosters in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And and then I, I actually think the coaching might be holding them back a little bit. Mm, but it's like, can you really fire him if he gets to the playoffs? I don't. No, you can't. You can, but I'm like, you should. Like, if it yeah, comes okay. to a one in your in game against the Browns, that shouldn't dictate whether like one game shouldn't dictate whether he's getting fired or not. But I also don't know if you can fire him if he makes the playoffs. So I'm kind of like, I don't really know. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but but this year, how much of an achievement is making the playoffs? Oh, I mean, yeah, I, we touched on it last time you were on, but. Mm-hmm. You know, seven teams devalues it anyway. But this year, there are going to be teams there that, yes, okay, they have technically earned the right to be in the playoffs, but it's not exactly a badge of honour this year, is it? Let's be honest. I'll, I'll say this: if the Falcons go in at number seven, just do away with it. Just go back to <laughs> go back to if the Falcons make the playoffs this year after being one of the worst teams in the league. Still, the Dolphins are still in it. Yeah, the Dolphins are still in it because they've won they seven to- games on the bounce, though. Yeah, but have you seen who they beat? Still beat them. Still beat them. Yeah, but but in in the same sense, they lost seven games (laughs) on the bounce and can still make the playoffs. Yeah, Yeah, but they did it in the right order. (laughs) I I will say that's the one most impressive thing. Mm. It's not the win streak. Like like I said, Mm. it's the fact that the coach, like Flores, managed to keep them on board. Yeah. There's not many coaches that could keep a team on board in the middle of a seven-game losing streak. Jalen Ward. Probably scared of him. (laughs) One of my favourite things about this year's draft is all three of the 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 first three receivers look fantastic. Um, Yeah, I'm chuffed with that because because I I wanted them all to do well because I quite liked all of them. But um, yeah, I'm 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 chuffed that that looks well. As for rookie quarterbacks, I think I'm still going. I think I'm going Davis Mills number one, Mac Jones number two. Justin Fields number three, and I don't like that. I think three, four, five is just just just, just throw it, yeah, roll a dice, just whatever. <laughs> I think at that point it depends what you want because I think Wilson's probably had the better games if you look at mm. the top end, but he's had by far the worst games as well. So it's like, would you rather that or would you rather the guys a bit more consistent? It's like, I think it, between the, the bottom three, it's very much what do you want to see from a rookie quarterback? Yeah. Trust me, think- Josh, you do not want a QB that plays really well sometimes, but plays really badly other times because <laughs> it just, it gets really tiring really quickly. That was Mitch Trubisky. I mean, I mean, you say that, but it's much better than Mark Sanchez who played really bad all the time. Yeah, true. I suppose some good is, <laughs> is better than... <laughs> yeah. Constant crap. Yeah. yeah, like going forward, obviously you don't. You need some consistency, but I think as a rookie, you're always going to get the. But yeah. I think he's been more extreme than others, which is ironic because he's now about to win his third rookie of the week. Yeah. <laughs> However, 
that voting's an absolute farce. <laughs> yes, it Not is. Like, yes. Genuinely, he's, he's about to win Rookie of the Week when he threw less passes than Jamar Chase caught in terms of yards. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not English it's not my first language <laughs> um, moving on then let's let's move on to the next question uh, jmac86 hey John how's it going buddy uh, would it be easier if Aaron Aaron Rodgers just cut his toe off I, I'm so sick of hearing about his toe like the, the, Danny's reply to that was the best tweet of the day I think it I was yeah I feel day. like we're only one Joe Rogan podcast away from him <laughs> doing this yeah, toes are useless. They're, they're just a fiction of modern science and modern propaganda. And yeah. all right, cool. Ding. It's off. It's going to be the half-time show. <laughs> well, this year's is really good. It is really good this year. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean for the Super Bowl. The Packers yeah. aren't getting to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's. That's why he's at he's there. Yeah, so we, yeah, wheel him out at halftime. My, uh, my Dr. Dr. Dre could cut it off for him. One of the few people I still speak to on on Facebook uh, is a Packers fan. He just and I, I speak to him in between, not ignoring Facebook, basically. And every now and then he just leaves, like uh, in case you missed it, like Green Bay Packers NFC North. And he always seems to catch me in the worst possible moods. So I always leave things like, "Oh, great, the participation award on the way to absolutely nothing." Congratulations. Um, Was but, that the AFC runner-up banner that the Colts hung a few years yeah, ago? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I did you so say? Did you see that they they were putting up graphics for the amount of times that Aaron Rodgers was stepped on in the last in the in the uh, the Browns game? It's I'm so sick of hearing about his little toe. It's just I'm just it's it's just everyone's injured. Everyone everyone plays every season injured. This Except is just another ben. injury. Big Ben's never injured. Never hear about him being injured. <laughs> it's hard to tell when he's injured. Oh my god, we haven't even spoken about Big Ben. Like oh, he was hang it up. Oh my god. I think he already has though, isn't he? I think I yeah, think, he was tired about five minutes into that game. <laughs> yeah. I think he's he's just he's like, yeah, let's just get this done. I've got three more to play. I just want to get out of here. I have never seen anyone so slow at turning around on play action. No. It's bonkers it's like he gets lost like in the process of turning around to find which way he's meant to throw the ball and dodgy like, taiwanese compass so he 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 no, has the ball Jared he... Goff's compass is using. <laughs> <laughs> no no because he would just be permanently pointed in the wrong way if it was Jared Goff's compass. <laughs> to, be, to be fair to big ben it must take a while to turn when you're that size like it's like a shit turning into it they don't quite <laughs> it's just oh he, so he he goes to hand the ball off, fakes it, pulls the ball back in, and by the time he's actually turned round, all of the pass rushes are in front of him. And, and to the point where one of them just grabs the ball off of him and then runs past him. It is one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen, and it's just ridiculous. There's a great stat they mentioned on the Athletic podcast last week. It's It was on 16 pressures on play action, he has been sacked 10 times. So over it's something like over 62% on pressures, he gets sacked on play action. The next highest quarterback is 32% because it takes him a year to actually turn around, 
realise he's still playing in a game of American football and then sling the ball. And considering how quick he usually gets the ball out, that should say everything about how badly he's playing. Because he's as soon as he gets the ball, he's just sling it anyway. Well, the other the best thing as well, you should all, you're also looking at coach, why are they still running play action? Yeah. Like, what, what, it, the whole point of it is misdirection, but mm. if the quarterback's not quick enough to take advantage of the misdirection, then it's completely pointless. Yeah. If it's if if he's still turning when the defense has figured out that it's play action, then then that's that's problematic. So yeah. Uh Will says, as the Cardinals have struggled over the last few weeks, does it show that Rodney Hudson was the greatest free agent pick up of pick up last offseason? I, I think he was one of the more surprising drops last season. Still can't he wasn't believe... the best pickup though. Hmm? No. Still wasn't the best pickup. Who's best pickup? Cordra Patterson said it at the time. Stand by it right now. What best, a guy as well. Best pickup. I mean, I, know, I don't want to rub it in, Dan, but why the hell the Bears let him go? I do not know. Because they wouldn't. Oh be yeah, able to so get they could pay. So they could pay Jimmy Graham more money, wasn't it? Hey, Jimmy Graham, two touchdown hero. <laughs> always week. a hero now. Yeah, yeah, always love Jimmy no, Graham. Cordra Patterson has been a fantastic pickup. I'm just happy for him. Like, mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Clearly, such a nice guy as well. I, yeah, I think what it says about the Cardinals, and it's maybe something that a lot of people have tried to avoid. But is Kyle Murray's size not impacting him in play, but impacting him by the end of the season? He's just mm. too beat up. Yeah, because he doesn't take big hits. But when you're 170 pounds and you're getting landed on three, four times a week by 300 pound guys. You can say it's not a big hit, but they all add up. And that's a few years now that he's started on fire. And by the end of the season, he's just not got the same zip. He's not got the same speed. And he's not avoiding hits the way he does at the start of the season. He's only got little legs. They get worn out. <laughs> it's, it's ironic. He's like, he's at completely average height for the world as well. Yeah, he's the he's the permanent reminder that the NFL is full of monsters. Yeah, <laughs> but you see him in real life, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, what's if he's what's the holy <laughs> cow? That surprised yeah. me was when we met Carlos Dunlap. Our heads <laughs> were like directly up, looking you know up what? at him, his head in the clouds. It's a good job Carlos Dunlop, I mean, he might, yeah. but I don't think he does. It's a good job Carlos Dunlop does not listen to this podcast. Yeah. Because whenever we talk about the size of players in the NFL, he's the go-to guy we always because go he is, Because he was a mountain of a man. He's the most surprisingly large person I've ever met. He just ever. got bigger and bigger and bigger and yeah. bigger. And so when you see him like sacking Nick Foles, which I saw a few times this week, um, he, he doesn't look that big next to Nick Foles. And Nick Foles has never struck me as being a particularly big quarterback. But I think he's like six four though, isn't he? Nick yeah, Foles? he is, yeah. He's still a... Well, it depends if he's I'm not gonna go there. No. Um so <laughs> You kinda of just did. Yeah, I know, yeah. Um yeah, yeah, NFL players are big. Kyler Murray is just small for an NFL player. He's still taller than me. But should we be worried about Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach? And if we are constantly railing on uh, Sean McVay for not being able to adjust halfway through the season, who seems to have managed to adjust, by the way, um, should we be concerned that Kyler Murray is being kind of fed to the wolves a bit by Cliff Kingsbury and his inability to actually make adjustments halfway through the season? 
or at all. I think they kind of go hand in hand. Though it's, mm. I don't think it's, I don't think it's coincidence that the first year he's got a quarterback, and Stafford was actually really poor at the weekend. He was, yeah. But the first season he's got a quarterback that can make throws that average quarterbacks can, or that can do things outside the basic playbook. He's able to adjust. Yeah, I do think when you've got a quarterback that's got limitations, a lot of the time you set the playbook up for their limitations. So therefore, making changes halfway through a season is difficult because you've already limited your playbook on the basis that mm. the quarterback can't make certain plays or can't do certain things. Um, and Kyle is obviously great at what he does, but it might be a bit of both. It might be a bit... Kyler's, Kyler's playbook has to be the playbook because he's only good under that style of offense. But that's also an indictment of Cliff because he came in there and says, "No, that's the quarterback I want." Hmm. So it kind, of, I think it's all hand in hand, really. Also, no, DeAndre Hopkins is isn't going to help either. No. But I'm not being funny. There are teams with worse injury problems than the Cardinals dealing with it. We were talking about the Colts earlier and how they are handling just a, a mountain of injury problems and just dealing with it. The Ravens, I know they're starting to lose, but every week they're still, apart from the weekend, but every week they've been competitive yeah. and I've never seen a team with that many injuries except the Niners for four years straight. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is true. <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's all that time they spend on New Meadowlands turf, isn't it? <laughs> You're right, say. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not biting. Uh, Packers Josh124 says, who should win coach of the year? Feels like the top teams this season have great QBs or great coordinators rather than great head coaches. Can we finally Ross- give it to Bill Belichick? <laughs> yeah, but he just got, he got outcoached on, um, on Sunday. And do you know what? We never found out if he's got any New Year's resolutions. Right. <laughs> No, I, th- I think he got out quarterbacked. Yeah. I think Josh Allen was the best player on the field. Yeah, and there was a few plays on that final drive that, to me, the defense played it perfectly. They had him sacked on fourth and one, and then he made six yards. Yeah, they had him sacked, and then he did a toss play on third and ten, and he got first down. I'm like that. It's at some point you're like when you've got a quarterback that's got limitations and they've got a quarterback who went on form is unreal, you just can't overcome it. Mm. But I'm going by my expectations and I think it was my worst call I've ever made. But I thought the Patriots were going to be the worst team by a long mile in the division. And if he does what I thought was that by their team to the playoffs, to me, that's as impressive as anyone else has done. Um. I, I mean, I'm I'm so high on the Colts right now; it's insane. I'm I'm I mean, Frank Reich for me is just like what he's had to deal with on this roster. I mean, for starters, Carson Wentz every play is one of those close your eyes and hope for the best kind of situations, and he always seems to to manage to to win games despite that as well. Carson Wentz has been outstanding. Well, no, sorry, Frank Reich has been outstanding. Carson Wentz has been a quarterback. Um, Jonathan Taylor has been outstanding. Jonathan Taylor has been outstanding. Um, but I think Frank Reich, or for his ability to completely turn it round by making some some actual decent adjustments, Andy Reid deserves some credit as well. If you're doing turn that around, Brian Flores. Brian Flores. But yeah. again, I, I, I do you take the season as a whole though. Like, can you ignore the first half of the season because they fixed it in the second half? 
Well, if, if if it's the Chiefs, you can ignore it because they are now the top team still in the AFC. Be, yeah, still going to be the ones who don't. Yeah. I think Andy Reid deserves a little bit of credit for that. What do you reckon, though, sir? I am, like I quite often do, going to come out of left field on this one. And I have put it out there before now, and I've been widely derided for it. Yeah, yeah, Matt Nagy. <laughs> I think there's an argument to be had for giving it to Dan Campbell. I know this sport is all about winning games. It's football. It's about winning. But what Dan Campbell has done in Detroit with what Dan Campbell has in Detroit is, I don't want to say remarkable, but it's been one of the best coaching, overall coaching jobs I've seen for a while. Mm. He's, he's come in and he's been very much an open book with what kind of guy he is and who he is. And he's not tried to play the platitudes and, and play the game, so to speak. He's been very much, this is me. This is what I am. He's clearly got everybody on board in Detroit. Mm-hmm. He's got nothing to work with, with the odd exception. And the ones that he has got to work with, half of them have been down injured for half the season. But every week, yes, they're finding ways to lose still, but mm-hmm. that's what happens when you're a bad roster. But there's something about the Detroit Lions at last. They are competitive. They are a team you probably don't necessarily look forward to playing anymore. And he's turning around a ship that's been sat at the bottom of the ocean for a very long time. Yeah. I'm only counted is can you have the number one pick and be coach of the year? But yeah, but that's that's my opening gambit was I know this league is all about winning, so therefore it, it it automatically precludes him. But I still maintain there is an argument there for you have to you have to do something when you're a franchise that can't win outside and above winning football games. You can't just start winning football games because if you did, well, you wouldn't have lost all those football games in the first place. And I think what we've seen from Dan Campbell this season is make massive strides in that respect to put them in a position with a very good draft. They need to draft really well this year, but they will then be a team that can win football games next year. And the Detroit Lions haven't looked like that for a long time. Yeah. With virtually no one on the roster. Yeah. And and I totally agree with what you're saying, Josh. You know, if you've got the number one pick, you're never going to win coach of the year. But the guy needs the recognition and at least a few votes for what he's done, I think, in Detroit. I think the recognition is I thought he was going to be one and done. And I think he's done enough to get another year. Yeah. And I think he silenced a lot of the ridicule because I was ridiculing him as much as anybody. Me too. Uh, But... I don't know. I just like you're saying. I think the wins is just as the point of this sport, and I think you need to get at least probably you need to be at least five hundred. I'd say to win it, and I don't think they were ever going to be there. So it was kind of like he's precluded from before the season starts, mm. kind of. But yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I think you need to get at least five. I think you need to be a team expected to do terrible. And then get to fact what well, you can't even get to five hundred now. Or somehow the Steelers are still going to do it. Hmm. But I mean, I think that's why I'd probably go the Colts. I don't think we were expecting them to be hmm. this good. Potentially, so that's kind of why I went the Patriots though. Yeah. Oh, totally. I, didn't expect, I thought they were going to be terrible. So 
Yeah. Get a lot of it with coaches is it's what was your expectation for the team and how did they perform against that expectation? And I think yeah. that's kind of where you're coming from, Simon, probably with the Dan Campbell shout. Yeah, and I, I've been kind of on board for Dan Campbell from day one. I just liked how he came in and approached mm. it and saw that nothing had been going on. So he came in and put a rocket up everybody's backside in the best possible way. So maybe I'm kind of attached to that still. But I, I totally, totally subscribe to the wins are what count in this league. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go out there. I think Matt Rule's done just a great job with the with, with the Panthers. I think you know. Yeah, his best decision was getting rid of Joe Brady. Joe Brady. Yeah, looks and so much better now since then, and they've started playing two mediocre quarterbacks at the same time. Yeah. Then I think they've just been so much better. I, I think that's, that's it. his yeah. best job interview possible. Look what happened after I left. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It should be like. Can you send us your resume? Yeah, sure. Look at the Panthers season weeks yeah. 10 through 17. Yeah. Look what I did, Sam Darnold. Look what they're doing, <laughs> Sam Darnold. Yeah. He wasn't great, but he was not this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, so we're going to wrap this up. Thank you for listening. We will be back in a couple of days to talk about, well, 16 whole games, actually. Buckle up, everyone. It's going to be a long one. Hopefully, we'll rattle through it quite quickly. Uh, if you want to contact us, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram, maybe. Hit us up on Twitter, just uh, at Gridiron Gents, and come join the Discord. It's the pinned tweet on our Twitter. We would love to have you there. Josh, if people want to contact you, where can they contact you? Hey, the Discord. Or at Josh Hunter 94 on Twitter. Love it. Ramble Central. Nice. Excellent. Right. Back in a couple of days. We get coffee. We're going to settle in and do the second half. See you soon.